the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we talk about. A little bit of a negative day on Wall Street, uh, December 12th. Interesting calendar date, 12-12-13. Um, SP 500 is down 5, the Dow is down 86, NASDAQ down 4. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him and his financial planning firm at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. They say that corporations are living beings, and that's why I don't really trust earnings season, because as a living being, as a human, I kind of know that I manage my taxes. I kind of like massage it. That Yeah, let's run it through the program one more time and see if I can get more money. With that said, let's not get caught by the IRS. (laughs) What are some of the flags that the IRS might see? What, so what are some of the flags that cause your return to be highlighted for a potential audit? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, this, the simple one nowadays is making too much money. So your chance of being audited for most of America is pretty low. It's 1.11%. But as soon as you hit 200000 or more in income, that quadruples. It's about 4%. So if you make that much, there's a 25% chance that you're going to get audited. So if you're making over $200,000, probably going to get audited now in the next four years. Okay. And if you're one million or more, you know, it, it's a real high likelihood in the next two years you're probably going to get audited, especially based on new tax laws that were passed, making sure people are compliant. So that's that's one. Another big one is, um, especially for people that contract, they do a lot of contract work, yeah. or they work for somebody with a W-2, and then um, they do some contract work and they may lose the 1099, but the IRS gets a copy of it. Don't think that you're the only one that gets a copy of that 1099. So failing to report all of your taxable income, your 1099s from your brokerage firm, from your bank accounts, um, W-2s, all of that stuff. So as soon as you do something where you forget to report a little amount, maybe it's $1,000, oh. that's a red flag for an audit. Because they say, we received 11 out of 12. We received 12 documents, you submitted 11. Ding, 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 ding. It's pretty easy math to catch someone. Yeah, because then they assume that you've consistently been lying, and they're going to go back and look at even more returns, yeah. put you under the... Microscope. You remember I dated an IRS agent in college, right? Yeah, how did I end up for you? Not so good. Yeah. Got a couple audits. <laughs> so. 
So charitable deductions is another big one because laws have kind of changed over the last couple of years, and people used to kind of inflate their drop-offs at Goodwill or whatever that may be. There's a Form 8283 for donations that you make over $500. So as soon as you file that, your chances of an audit increase. So that's unfortunate. You know, if you do give more and you're legitimately giving more, you're filing that form, it actually is a bit of a red flag. So people that do that, if you make higher income, if you do a lot of charitable giving, you have stock options and, and contract work. Remember, if you get audited, it's the CPA that represents you in front of the IRS agent, and they know how to do that meeting. Let you me, don't. Let me show you how most audits start. You submitted 2009 taxes that said you owed this. We see that you actually owe two times that. It starts with a letter. Right. It doesn't start with them coming to your door, knocking on it, Mr. Black, we're here to seize your property. It starts with, we disagree. There's a deficiency, so you're guilty until proven innocent, so prove that you're innocent. Right. And if you can't prove you're innocent, we eventually will levy your accounts. <laughs> so um, it's you know it's something that you want to get on top of right away because any deficiencies, if they're true deficiencies, have really, really high interest rates and penalties that really add up. It's really tough to go bankrupt against the IRS. Absolutely. It stays on your record a long time, too. And they'll take a little $50 payment here and there, but they want their payments. Yeah. You know, another big one is people that claim the home office deduction. <laughs> this gets really, really messy. I did that when people I was like, talk about yeah, it's, it's such a – it's not worth the hassle. No. I'm telling you right now, it's not worth the hassle um, in terms of, you know, people try to write off all of their – you know, a huge amount of their rent or taxes or utilities and phone bills for their home office deduction. Cable modem. I used to write off that cable modem every year, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do it this year. <laughs> so and it's supposed to be exclusive use. So, you know, that that's the issue right there. So you're, you're doing a lot of home office deductions. Get ready for that audit in the next four years. Anything else that we need to know? We've got about a minute left. Gosh, you, you know, people claiming a lot of rental losses or claiming they're active in real estate, so they don't – there's, there's you know, $25,000 allowance, but people try to get more than that if they say they're active. Um, deducting business meals, if you have a huge amount there, that's going to get audited more than likely. Claiming 100% use of a vehicle as business, nobody uses, you know, unless you're getting the corporate car yeah. and you have your own separate cars for personal use, that doesn't typically happen. And a big one, Rob, is people that try to start a business and it loses money for more than three years. And really what it is is a hobby. Maybe it's, you know, selling candles or whatever it may be. Herbalife. <laughs> as soon as you use that as a business and then you've lost money for more than three years in a row, the IRS is going to start looking at it as a, ho- as a hobby, and you're going to put yourself under the We know a guy spotlight. whose wife sells Brazilian jewelry or something like rainforest jewelry, mm-hmm. and it ain't ever going to make money. It's, just, <laughs> it's a hobby to keep his wife from nagging him. <laughs> Don't comment on that one, but uh, a cash business that does it, failing to report foreign bank accounts is a real big issue these days for people. So if you're doing anything in you know Mexico, that's got to be reported. Um and currency transactions, and you know, if you if if you look at your return and you take higher than average deductions than most people in your area, that's a red flag. So those people that do that, they really need to have a good CPA on their side to do the tax returns. You know, I wouldn't use TurboTax; I'd use a professional. Yeah, if you, uh, professionals can cost you twenty five hundred to four thousand dollars, though. Well, that's a high end return, but yeah, yeah, it's for the average self employed, it probably won't be that much, but. It's, it's worth having a good enrolled agent or CPA. CFP Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He is friends with the IRS. <laughs> friends with the IRS. CFP Chad Burton. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Taking a look at Wall Street on a day-by-day basis, don't be shy. Whether it's the legalization of marijuana, 
and the investment effects. Trying to look at Bitcoin through an eye that's not, how shall we say, jaded at seeing bubbles come and go. Um, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about 800-516-1220. Hilton Worldwide IPO shares opened today at $21, a little bit in change. Um, it was one of those companies that was publicly traded. It was taken private, and now it's publicly traded again. It's the third largest IPO from a U.S. issuer so far this year, trading um, about $2.9 billion as far as the amount of money that it's pulled at $2.5 billion as far as the amount of money it's uh, raising for the company. 30-year mortgage rate declines to 4.42%. The average rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage declined to 4.42%. According to Freddie Mac, a year ago the rate was 3.3%. That's a pretty big jump exponentially. 15 years down to 3.43%. Let's take a break here, come back, talk a little legalization of marijuana with Street.com. of New Focus Financial. Economics of legalizing marijuana has states, counties, governments, countries all looking at it saying, hey, can we make a little bit of money off this? Joining me now to talk a little about this issue, Deborah Borchart from TheStreet.com, who's recently penned an article at TheStreet.com on the story as well as some video on it. Deborah, how are you? I'm good. Um, what do we need to know? Hot states grown like weeds. I love yeah, the headline. yeah, it's really interesting. You kind of have a two-prong approach to this. Um, you have the states that are going the medicinal route, and then you have the states that are just skipping that and just going straight to recreational. And that's really what you've seen with Colorado and Washington. Those are the first two states that said, you know what, we're just going, you know, right at it. We're just skipping all the the uh, facade of the medicinal purpose and just going right at the recreational. And and they're taxing it quite highly. You know, Washington's at uh, 25%. So you're going to have to pay to play. And the states are expecting to get a ton of money from the tax revenues as well as saving a lot of money for not having to pursue criminal costs. Seems to be a winner on all fronts because it's a sin. So people like me who don't smoke marijuana say, well... That's great. Um, I don't have to pay the taxes. People who want to smoke it can smoke it and pay the taxes. So it seems to be a win-win situation, right? It does uh, in a certain sense. You know, uh, we all know the states are getting less money from the government, and many of them have budget shortfalls. Uh, so they're trying to figure out a way around this. You know, uh, it's interesting that a state like Colorado, 
um, is willing to tax a pot person, but they don't want to tax people to pay more for their school. So it's really that's a little bit of a strange uh, set of circumstances in Colorado. But um, with with the marijuana, yeah, I mean the approach to these laws has been changing dramatically. Um, you have states where just a few years ago only 30% were in favor and now 50% are in favor. And so it's almost like what you're seeing with gay marriage and how those the bans to gay marriage have just been dropping like flies. You're kind of seeing that with the approach to marijuana laws. They seem to be just people have just said, you know what, it's not worth the battle. We're walking away from it. What's kind of nice about this story is cities like San Francisco, when you legalize gay marriage, people come here and get married, and they spend money, and they stay at hotels. And uh, There's kind of a, a halo effect with marijuana, too. I, I read in your article about people are now doing vacations to Colorado just because they can smoke legally. That's correct. You've got a whole tourism business around this as well. And a, a country, Uruguay, said that they were going to be the first country to kind of nationalize marijuana and legalize it. And they're expecting, of course, big tourism dollars. You see that in Amsterdam as well. Ninety percent of the people that uh, smoke marijuana and hemp in Amsterdam or uh, hash in Amsterdam are foreigners. They're not Amsterdam natives. So you do have definitely a lot of tourism money that they would like to see because, you know, once they come, well, now they've got a hotel and a restaurant that they're going to spend money on. So it's, it's good for the legit businesses as well. It's funny that the, the crumbling walls happen because of tax shortfalls. Uh, the, mor the moral crumbling walls, like my father, he's long past, but this would never have happened in his day and age, if you know what I'm saying. Well, I also think that you have um, a generational change as well. You have people that are, are coming up into the political world that were children of the 60s and the 70s, where, you know, smoking pot was no big deal in the 60s and smoking pot was no big deal in the 70s. And then you got the war on drugs, and, and it kind of changed a moral attitude towards it in the 80s and 90s. Um, but now you've got those 60s and 70s generations becoming voters, becoming politicians, um, you know, you know, Bill Clinton smoked but he didn't inhale, and President Obama says, yeah, I tried it. So now you've got two presidents that have, have gone down that road. Um, so, yeah, you, you've kind of gotten a generational change of people that are saying, you know what, it's really not that big of a deal. I'm with you. Anything else that we need to know about the story, Deborah? Well, I think, you know, I'm going to be coming up with a story very uh, soon um, talking about all the companies that are um, involved in this, all the different marijuana companies that um, are traded, and just warning investors, they're not, they're not quite all what they seem to be. So uh, you'll have to stay tuned for that one. But that's, uh, I've uncovered some, some very um, eyebrow-raising things with some of these companies. I've seen one or two, and they just look like penny stocks, not worth my time. They're all penny stocks, and they're, um, they're, they're a little dodgy. <laughs> I'm gotcha. trying, to, trying to say a nice way. Um, you know what? I really, when I started doing my research, I really wanted to find, like, wow, these cool emerging growth companies and how exciting this is. And instead, I just felt a little dirty. It was just like, ooh, these are not savory people, and they're a, a little a little scary, and it certainly wasn't what I had hoped to find, and, and I just want to make sure investors are aware of that. Thanks very much. It's Deborah Borchart with Street.com, talking legalization of marijuana from the angle of states and counties wanting the extra tax revenue. It's no-brainer.
from where does it lead us? If cops aren't necessarily, you know, busting someone with two ounces of marijuana, maybe they're out catching a murderer. Maybe they're out catching a drunk driver, which is a much better use of their time. So I think the implications are positive for most people. Uh, but it is a tricky story because, again, generational angles on this story differ like gold and clay. Anyhow and anyway, October business inventories up 7 cents of a percent. That's one of the big headlines of the day. Not as sexy as marijuana. If you want to find out more of that story from Deborah Borchardt, it's street.com. You can find her at street.com. She does a little video presentation along with her uh, written story, so I kind of like the combination. So back to business inventories. Uh, you know, inventories are tricky. Inventory to sales are important to analyze. You can't just say inventory is the end-all, be-all. Um, you also have to see some demand. So one piece of information inside of retail inventories, they were up 8 tenths of percent in October compared with a 5 tenths of percent increase in sales. So once you've built enough inventory, factories can shut down until the demand consumes the inventory. So we're kind of building at this point in time. The sales numbers are good, but the inventory build is better, which helps the economy of the short term, but also leads to some hiccups down the road when the factories don't return to firing up those ovens to cook things and make things and bring us yummy products to ourselves. Hovnanian, home builder, they reported a fiscal fourth quarter profit of $32 million. That's a swing to a profit. Deliveries included in consolidated joint ventures rose 3.8% to 1,816 homes. Their backlog is $848 million for 2,300 plus homes, up 14%. That's a positive inventory. Um, that is a positive book build. Um, there's different metrics tied towards different companies. Clearly, you want to see backlog at companies like Boeing and Havnanian. Whether you're making a home or you're making a plane, it takes a while to gather all the goods, gather the label and the symbol, as well as you know, get your final payment. Um, there's other areas where, for instance, software sales, where you don't necessarily want to see you know, some metrics building up. For instance, you don't want to see days sales outstanding. Um, so when you sell something... And they get a trial period to see if it works for them. You know, 60, 70, 80, 90 days. It's starting to look like they're not going to ultimately be buyers, and they're kind of hedging. It wasn't an instant hit, per se. Uh, other stories of note today, Oracle cut to equal weight by Morgan Stanley. Um, this The second big tech company that's been cut recently, Cisco, was the first. Uh, with its recent stock run, Oracle looks fairly valued, given their lack of conviction around Ford Catalyst. Um, Oracle and IBM both are looking at Salesforce.com and going, wow, wow. Foreclosures in the month of November, the filings dropped 15%. Uh, 113,454 foreclosures last month. That's 37% drop from a year ago level. It's nice to see. Uh, with that said, doesn't it feel like that's still a pretty large number, all things considered? You look around the United States and you say 113,000 foreclosures. That's a lot. And again, it's just one of those numbers that you have to play with in your head a little bit. Facebook's a big story today, uh, being added to the S&P 500. Facebook shares up 3%. So it's going to be added to the S&P 500 later this month. That should add stability. Every month, a lot of people buy the S&P 500 or the Wills for 5,000. Um, every month, people buy an index in their 401k and it's the easiest way of accumulating wealth and slowly but surely that will help Facebook get into more hands 
So if you always wanted to own Facebook and you don't want to own the individual stock, S&P 500 fund will be one way of doing it. Keep in mind, the S&P 500 is a market-weighted index, which means large companies mean more than small companies. So any year where the top 10 to 20 stocks in the S&P 500, big names, that they're either up or down, could totally, totally influence the rest of the year for investors. You get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I pride myself on that ability. Um, I don't want you to be shy. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Uh, met a couple people last night. Met a few people last night out at the Fault Line Brewery. Um, it was nice to see. Uh, two brother-in-laws. Yeah, I guess that's how you say it. Uh, they married sisters. Uh, came out and... You know, one guy was 30, and he was doing great. It was really nice to see. To see someone just doing their 401k, not complicated, not fancy. He's not like got, you know, six figures in a boat and a house and uh, just maxing out the 401k, doing things right. Uh, met another guy who's been following me since CNET days back in 2001. Uh, he's done very, very well, accumulating wealth over a period of time, and I guess he was thankful for uh, the passive relationship that he and I share by email and on the air. Get your calls on the air. It's 800 1220 AM 1220, Katie. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. I do appreciate it. Money, investing, and much, much more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, let's take a quick look at some of the market numbers today. Let's see. Um, SP 500 down two, down down 65. Nasdaq up eight. Ten-year Treasury sits 2.88 percent, starting to get close to that three percent level that I think has people kind of freaked out. Um, it basically ends the era of cheap, ultra cheap money, and we move into the era of cheap money. When we get to 3.5%, we'll be back at the historical norm areas uh, on the 10-year Treasury. We're still not quite there yet. Keep in mind, uh, 10-year Treasury back in September hit a high of 2.97% before pulling way back. What's different? Economy has slowly improved. All year long, we've been stuck in this message of wait till the end of the year. Business will pick up. Hiring will pick up slowly. It has been a very slow, slow, slow recovery to the economy and to the jobs market. Uh, with that said, it's kind of happening. Um, Instagram, we got a new photo messaging service. It'll have zero impact on Snapchat. Everyone's looking at this point in time at Snapchat. Because it is a company that is able to delete messages shortly after you send them. 
and that seems to be a privacy issue for teens, which I dig. Instagram launched a new feature called Direct, which allows users to privately send images to each other. Since it's a photo messaging feature, just about everyone's thinking this is an attack on Snapchat. Instagram Direct's probably influenced by the success of Snapchat, but it doesn't mean that it's going to work for them. The best description I've heard for Snapchat as far as relating it to media, it's a way to connect with friends when you don't really have anything to say. So I love that. I love that. It sounds goofy, but it makes sense, especially to use Snapchat. Anyhow, and anyway, Snapchat's a big, big, big story. Um, Paul Ryan was on the financial media circuit this morning, and he basically talked to, he was asked about Marco Rubio, and Marco Rubio basically saying, you know, the budget deal could destroy the American dream. And I really dug what Paul Ryan had to say. He basically said, look, Rubio and the Republicans in the Senate are going to be against the bill because they're a minority. In the Senate, they are a minority. But in the House, we are the majority, Republicans. So he said it's just natural for the minority who doesn't have the burden of governing, of getting things done, to be nasty. And that basically tells you how government works. If you're in the minority of the House of Representatives or the Senate, you're going to be nasty. If you're in the majority, you're going to try to get things done and govern. For some reason, that simple, simple, simple explanation makes a ton of sense, at least to me. Um, some stories of note today, again, the Facebook is being added to the S&P 500. I think that's something people like because they can grasp it. It's very easy to say, that, you know, there's going to be buyers of the stock on a regular basis going forward. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to go up and up and up and up. Makes it easier though. It's a fifty-one dollar stock, fifty-two week high, fifty-four eighty-three. I expect it that all-time high to be taken out in the next three to six months. Um, it has a high valuation, but then again, it's also got great growth st- metrics. Now, again, the area that I think you have to watch with Facebook is teenagers. I think every other area should be pretty positive. Um, the amount of cost per click, the amount of cost per ad, the number of ads should all have nice growth metrics for the next three quarters. Then it starts to get a little bit trickier. All companies will go, not all companies, but companies can go through four phases. Hyper growth, where the revenue is just 10, 20, 30% growth. Economy's not doing that, so it's hyper compared to the economy. Then there's growth, where you start going, you know, 10% to 15 to 20% growth, and the economy is, you know, 3% GDP. Most companies are reporting 8 to 10% earnings. You're reporting 15 to 20. Then there's growth in income where you start coming back down to the earth and ultimately become an income stock. You can't be a hyper-growth stock forever. You can't be a growth stock forever. And you can probably be a growth in income stock, but a little bit trickier, to say the least. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about um, money, investing, and much, much more. Let's take a look at, let's see, I want to pull up some sectors to see how we're doing this morning. If there's any big story inside of the stories. Um, for the record, 
we now are down to 12 to 13 days until Christmas. Is that worthy of note? I kind of think it is. So uh, the year's starting to come down. Budget agreement was completed. It has not yet received congressional approval. So that's a negative that's been taken away. Um, passing of the budget assessment agreement raises the possibility of the Fed making a tapering announcement at next week's meeting. Uh, until the Fed, until the government got their budget together, there's no chance the Fed raises interest rates or starts tapering. None. None. But now that they've got their budget agreement, it brings up the opportunity. Um, Stanley Fisher, who's not a big fan of Ford guidance from the Federal Reserve, he might be nominated to vice chairman of the Federal Reserve. Um, that's interesting to note. Bullish sentiment has gotten so high at this point in time that most on Wall Street are expecting some kind of pullback. Um, there's just too many people that think the market go higher. There's too many people that don't see the negatives. And maybe that's the negative, is that we're all happy and go lucky. Maybe that's what pulls us down. Strength day in energy, industrials, telecoms, weakness, consumer discretion, staples, materials, and technology. Kind of a defensive market. Retail sales beat expectations this morning. Initial claims missed expectations. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. The topic is real estate. How the Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and your money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Money investing in much, 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 much more. Um, technology, not really that big of a story today. I think the big story in tech is that Facebook's being added into the SP 500. Um, again, is that the best story out there? Probably not. We learned that Google probably... Google definitively improperly obtained cheap fuel from the government for its fleet of private jets. Um, company that manages a fleet of airplanes owned and leased by Google executives Larry Page, Sergey Brin, Eric Schmidt improperly bought fuel from the government at below market rates for a savings of up to $5.3 million. Ten-page report that came out today said discounted fuel purchases were the result of a misunderstanding between a Defense Department fuel provider and the NASA Research Center, which manages the California airfield, where a Boeing 767 uh, military alpha jet and other aircraft are stored. So that's just not that good of a story, right? There's not a lot of grit or grind on that one. Um, other big stories of note, Jeff Bonfort, the executive in charge of Yahoo Mail, made a dumb joke about the product's current failings, which include widespread outages. So careful what you say. A startup of a CEO in San Francisco... And this just shows you, be careful what you say, because it's going to get you. 
a company called Angel Hack CEO. He got on Facebook, and he's now made an apology for this, but he made some really inappropriate comments to make in writing. Like, why do people feel that they have, like, their opinion is so important that they have to post it on Facebook? My kids are so good looking, I have to post it on Facebook. That's ridiculous. Like, have some mystery in the world. So he, he does this stupid thing, just writes prolifically. He says, just got back to San Francisco, traveled around the world. Got to say, there's nothing more grotesque than walking down the market street in San Francisco. Why the heart of our city has to be overrun by crazy homeless drug dealer dropouts and trash, I have no clue. Each time I pass it, my love affair with the city dies a little bit. He goes on to further say, in downtown San Francisco, the degenerates gather like hyena, spit, urinate, taunt you, sell drugs, get rowdy. They act like they own the center of the city, like it's their place of leisure. In actuality, it's a business district for one of the wealthiest cities in the United States. It's a disgrace. Um, it's interesting because it's just so ignorant. And you don't realize that until you get a little bit older. That it's a problem that you can't solve with words like that. Um, and that'll be forever associated with your name. Very little to hide from in the Bay Area at this point in time. When I first got to the Bay Area, I was told, be careful, you know, who you hook up with. Because it's a small city and you'll end up seeing them again. And it's true. Again and again and again. Walmart's starting to sell iPhones for 27 bucks. How is that possible? The iPhone 5C is going to be sold for $27 on a two-year contract, down from its selling price of $99. Walmart's Black Friday sale, which dropped the price of the iPhone 5C down to $45 with a gift card. This is a great price for a smartphone. There's no way around it. It's no secret that the version of Apple's most popular product has not been selling well. Um, The 5C with a plastic case, people just don't want it. So Walmart's dumping the phone. Walmart is a giant retailer. They're slashing the cost of several other Apple products as well. The 5S is going to go on sale for $127 with a two-year contract, dropping down from $199. The 16-gigabyte iPad mini is going to come with a $50 gift card. So Walmart wants his Apple shoppers, and sale starts Friday at 8 a.m. It lasts until December 24th, getting people in at that last second, right? So those are the big tech stories of the day. And, again, none of them feel all that great. There's not a lot of great stories out there today from the investment world. Uh, to get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. We are moving towards the end of the year. Um, and what I mean by that is Wall Streeters are going to take a little bit of a vacation. You might be in the ho-ho-ho Santa Claus rally. Today, we don't really have that. Um, we had a weaker open that got weaker, and we battled back to break even on some cases, slightly ahead on others. CSP 500 is down, now down one, the Dow down 53, NASDAQ's up eight. End of the year forecasting, I think, is folly. It's cute, it's fun, it's fun to look back on. I would take all forecasts, whether it be mine or others, with a grain of salt, because things change. Again, right now, there's too many people who are too happy with Wall Street. We should have a good year, except for too many people are too happy on Wall Street. 
Um, how do we get that to be a little bit more pessimism? Pessimism is great. Pessimism gives opportunities. Optimism, you chase performance, and that's you take on extra risk. You want to have the ability to buy when things are a little bit weak. Looming concern for a lot of forecasters is the potential for government shutdown, inability to come up with a budget deal. Um, that government deal is, is on the table at this point in time, and it should be taken off before Christmas. Average expectation for stocks is predicted by Wall Street forecasters last year at this time was 7%, up for 7%. Now, unless there's a massive plunge, we're going to be up 30% for the year. The best upside forecast last year for the S&P 500 was up 14%. That was the highest out of Wall Street. So trying to predict the stuff, it's nearly impossible. You know, last year we had a dysfunctional government, and we worked very, very well. So don't take a lot into what Wall Street says. As, again, it's just a grain of salt, in my opinion. Uh, too much speculation, and they just don't get it right. A lot of fads come and go. You might remember uh, some of them. You might forget some of them. Uh, this was a year of Elon Musk stocks. Is that a fad? It kind of is. Anything he's touched has gone to gold, whether it be Solar City, whether it be Tesla. Um, this was, you know, a year to be more excited about Elon Musk than it was about the Facebook rebirth into mobile or the Twitter IPO or 3D printing exploding. Um, be careful on fads. You know, Carl Icahn has had a great run this year. And, you know, for a 77-year-old kid from Queens, he's done great. He's the richest man in New York. But his fad, his ability to pick correctly may run out. In 96, it was a big year for microbrews, IPOs. In 1999, it was business-to-business stocks, Y2K stocks. And in 2001, old economy and defensive stocks came back when a tough economy hit. So there's always something, Okay. Keep that in mind. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Pick the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Sent. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 
Investment fads. I was kind of starting to talk about this in the last segment, but you have to be careful. Carl Icahn's a huge winner this year, right? And if he blesses Apple, holy mackerel, we could have a great year in Apple. He's 77 years old. He's ushered in a golden age of activist investing. And that's changed things a little bit. Activist investors have probably encouraged a lot more buybacks this year. Leon Black was a big winner this year. Private equity billionaires pulled off one of the greatest Wall Street comebacks. Um, Black's Apollo Global Management IPO soared up 72%. David Tepper, the stock champion of bulls, he had another great year. He manages about $20 billion. Um, and he, he goes out on CNBC and financial media and says, I like the stock market, and here's why. In light of government shutdowns, in light of drama, he has no problem being very out there. Compliance officers is the hot new job on Wall Street with Dodd-Frank and the Volcker Rule. Federal prosecutors and regulators investigating everything from mortgages uh, to LIBOR. Feels like anything financial could be investigated. And you might have to come up with a way of settling. Larry Fink, chief executive of BlackRock, the world's biggest asset manager, oversees mind-boggling $4 trillion. The exchange-traded fund revolution and the stock market boom has continued to fuel the company's growth. That company's stock is up 37% in 2013. I highly recommend taking a look at it because the momentum into their ETFs continues to grow. So I just talked about some of the big trends of 2013. And at the same time, I've said be careful of trends. Uh, You know, in 2010, mobile web was all the dominance. Metals and miners were good investments. Venture capital was sexy. And, you know, the leader of mobile everything was Steve Jobs in 2010. In 2011, social media IPOs started to come out. Currency trading, risk on, risk off, dividends. In 2012, chase for yield, home building, remodeling stocks. The obsession with Apple ended badly. 2013 has been the year of buybacks, anything Elon Musk. Bitcoin's had a crazy year. The long Nikkei, short the yen. A lot like long S&P 500, short the dollar five years ago. So just be very, very careful. Um, Understanding that trends tend to end pretty bad. Economic data today is mixed. Retail sales beat expectations. Weekly initial jobless claims missed expectations. Not going to read too much into that, nor should we. Uh, One segment of data is not enough. You need to establish some sort of trend. Avnanian, a big home builder. It came out and had a pretty good quarter. Their stock's up reflecting that. This was a company that looked like it was potentially going to go out of business a couple of years ago. Uh, they see lower gross margin in the next quarter. They think 2014 will be a profitability will be higher year over year. They see basically all metrics higher. Um, that's a nice thing to hear. Um, there's a company called Sellside, ticker symbol CVM. And I bring this up because I've known Sellside for 
15 plus years. And they were a company that got into lab testing. And one of the first products that they did was a spit test for HIV. No one likes to have their arm pricked and give blood. No one. They've got one drug that's focused specifically on a cancer. Um, you have to be very careful because for 15 plus years that I've known of this company, they've had a great story. And that story is like spit test for HIV? Sweet. Um, they've been testing this drug called Multikine for 15 plus years that I've known. Um, the stock has never done anything. It's been a development company for 15 years. But it's been a great story. And I, I, again, I caution you when you think that you're on to something, you're probably on to a story. I just got an email from a guy who was asking about two web-based home valuation companies. And uh, one of them, the name rhymes with Pillow. So the story there is web, information, home, housing market, uh, of which, eh, I don't know. As I get older, I just care less about information like that. Yahoo, analyst target, 46 bucks. What a year Yahoo's had. UBS raised their traction target on Yahoo, in part because Yahoo's Alibaba holdings continue to see their IPO valuation move higher and higher and higher. At one point in time, analysts expected Alibaba to be worth about $120 billion. Now they're expecting to be about $160 billion. So Yahoo's going to have a big chunk of change one day when Alibaba finally comes public. Where will they come public? Maybe they'll even have more change if it comes public on the NASDAQ, if you kind of see where the play is starting to build up as. One stock that I like, okay, I started talking about um, a stock that I didn't like, uh, Sellsi. Story stock. Hasn't done anything in years. Uh, one that I do like just the idea of laboratory holdings. Um, they do laboratory tests. It's not a stock I would buy today, but it's something I'd have on my list. If we hit a market that goes to hell in a handbasket, um, I would certainly look at it. A company that I recently bought, Amerisource Bergen, ticker symbol ABC. They just reaffirmed their guidance today. It's a very boring company. It's not quite as sexy as internet social housing. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Get your calls in the air. Make a break. Yeah, 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 Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station.
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Key themes for 2014 is a little bit different than, you know, predictions. It's things that you're looking to try to take advantage of. It's things that you're looking to see slowly build. And if you could get evidence of it a couple quarters in a row, a couple months in a row, maybe you'd take an investment angle. Inflation is something I'm going to start looking for in 2014. It's on my list of things to look for. You may think that they just get up and put together a radio show, but it's the month of December. I basically kill myself, rack myself, uh, trying to figure out what narratives I can help you with, what narratives I can be constructive on. This was a big year of the has and have nots. Next year, as one of the stories that developed this year, was people that were leaving behind, people that were putting more burden on to take care of people that are retiring. Next year, I'm going to be interested in watching Obamacare. It actually is a lot cheaper not to have Obamacare and get penalized than to have Obamacare if you're young and healthy. The Obamacare is not really a good deal for 20-somethings. Very, very high deductibles and more than what they're currently spending on health care. Is it nice that if they get hit by a car, they don't go bankrupt? Yes. Absolutely. Um, medical services should never make people bankrupt. I think we all kind of agree with that. At the same time, we know that we've got some pretty damn good hospitals. I saw a new app that started this week where for 40 bucks you can talk to a doctor on video. 40 bucks for 15 minutes. That's a steal of a deal. We have to change our health care, and it's not going to, but we need to. We need to ensure things that we can't afford to lose. I can afford 40 bucks if I've got an issue. I certainly, at the age of 40, need to have my, my colon checked, and I need to have my prostate checked, and I need to, you know, I, things that go wrong with men. Breast cancer is on the rise in women around the world. And yet we've got technology to detect it super early. We just don't have a healthcare system that's correct. We insure small things and big things. And then the insurance company nitpicks, that should never have been done, that should never have been done, that should never have been done. I've been to the hospital, and I've got friends who've been to the hospital for what you would think is going to be covered, not covered. One person had a, a child who had an infection uh, down in the pee-pee area. And small children, you know, they pee their pants, they poop. Uh, toddlers. So there was a little infection, and it caused one of his lymph nodes to grow. That's a pretty scary thing if you're a parent. You see a lymph node growth, and you instantly go in. Um, went into the wrong emergency room. Went into the Stanford emergency room, not the Lucille Packard emergency room. So going into the wrong emergency room, they sent him to the other emergency room. That's two emergency visits. And you got charged two emergency visits. Um, total bill, when all was said and done, for an infection, 
was $9,000 plus owed by the individual that the insurance company wouldn't cover. For an infection, which is one of the things that we've been able to figure out and solve in our lifetime pretty aggressively and pretty correctly. Um, but we haven't. Like, these are things that we have to figure out. Like, does it make sense to you that we need to insure only that we, things that we can't afford to lose? When my car gets hurt, dinged, scratched, I'm like, eh, it's character. Now, when someone runs a red light and destroys my car, I'm like, that's a, I got to go to insurance on that one. So I only insure that I, things that I can't afford to lose. So healthcare is going to be a big thing we watch in 2014. Interest rates are going to be, I'm going to watch. If the mortgage rate goes from 4.4% to 5%, my home's going to lose value. Your home's going to lose value. My home probably hit peak value when interest rates were at 3.3% last year. Now they're at 4.4%. The cost of money was so cheap that more people could afford it, and more people did move in. When mortgage money goes higher, home values will go lower. Stocks had a huge 2013. Huge 2013. That's a pretty good move. I'm pretty comfortable with it. Um, but how will that hurt 2014? It probably took some of the gains of 2014 into 2013. Glad I'm invested. Economy, I'm expecting it to grow, albeit slowly. Interest rates should move higher, but not through the roof. Inflation is a risk on the downside, not the upside. Employment jobs are growing, but wages are not. That's a problem. That's a trend that I'm going to continue to look for. A lot of policy uncertainty means a lot of volatility. I think you stick with stocks if you're under the age of 50. I think you diversify your income outside of bonds. You look for what are called bond alternatives if you're over 50. I think you want to prepare for greater opportunities ahead. That's one of the reasons I'm fond of banks, regional banks in particular. I consider municipal bonds for tax exempt income. Um, bond buyers thought bonds were safe. They're not. I think they're risky. They're riskier now than they were last year. I think you want to go beyond traditional stocks, in my opinion. Um, the Fords, what's going to happen to their CEO? If he stays for two or three more years, the stock goes higher. If he leaves, he's been a great CEO, and it's going to be tough to replace. Stop it. Um, so it's kind of showtime for the U.S. economy, right? I hope you get that. I'm looking forward to it. Um the Federal Reserve, as they start to taper either in December or in February, March, what will that do to the world? What will that do to the U.S.? What will that do to bond prices? Will someone step in and purchase uh, mortgage-backed bonds? Commodity downside. Um, I think there's some downside. I'm not very bullish of commodities at this point in time. I've eliminated them from my personal portfolio. I uh, did that throughout last year. just doesn't feel like the right place for me to be. 
Stable China is good by me. Weaker yen, stronger Nikkei is good by me. I feel that they're, they've done their part uh, to stimulate their economy, much like our Federal Reserve and banking did its part. So those are just some of the trends that I'm looking into. And again, um, just watching. Watching from a distance, right? One of the things that I like doing is buying stuff used. It's really a crazy, crazy concept because a lot of people associate money guy with expensive stuff. I said when I was 18 that someone gave me their car, and I said, I'll drive it till it stops running. It rode for another 15-plus years, 12-plus years. So I had a crappy car. I'm not going to give you a nice car until I turn 50. I think that's the right way to handle money. Um, I like buying bicycles used. A new bike comes out every year, just like a new car comes out every year. I like buying bikes during the winter when people are, like, angry that there's a bike in their garage and they just want to get rid of it on Craigslist. Um, textbooks, always bought used, never bought new. Even when it comes to, I just bought a real estate uh, report from 2013 that I got a discount because the new one's about to come out. Uh, always buy household appliances. If you think about it, uh, there's plenty of refrigerators and washing machines on Craigslist. Um, tougher to get, for sure. But there's a lot of blenders, mixers, microwaves that are just crazy easy to score. If you have some friends that recently moved in together, they probably have some junk they want to get rid of. Uh, if you've got children, why would you buy a new DVD? Buy used DVDs. Amazon, eBay, Swap, Swap.com, all have them. If you want to get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. So do consider buying stuff used. It's a great way of saving money, which is a great way of getting more out of bang for your buck. And again, it's not cheap. It's practical and frugal. Until you see a lot of wage inflation in your life, you need to try to contain your costs, not expand your costs. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Retail stores came out with numbers this morning, and they were pretty broad-based positive. If you exclude gasoline stations and autos, they're up a solid six-tenths of a percent. So our economy gets a thumbs up. I'm not going to give it an A+. I'm going to give it a thumbs up, which is better than a thumbs down. This is Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Take a break here. I'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.